Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Tuesday, November 23rd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, some sad news. Yesterday, we learned that uh, former Indians closer Doug Jones uh, passed away over the weekend, uh, age 64, died of complications uh, related to COVID. Uh, his former teammate, Greg Swindell, uh, tweeted out the news and uh, we sort of followed up with that. Uh, just what was your reaction when you saw that uh, Jonesy had, had passed? Yeah, I was just shocked, Joe. Just, uh, you know, he's, he's one of the guys that I remember when I first started covering the Indians, you know, and, uh, you know, the, well, my first year on the beat was 83, but I don't think he, they, he came, made it, he came up until 86, but, you know, just, uh, you know, I, he was great to watch, fun to talk to. And for a long time, Joe, those teams were so bad. Like he was the best thing they had going for him as a closer. Uh, and he did it. He did it the hard way. He did it uh, with an unusual pitch, uh, you know, a, a circle change up. And, um, you know, he did it against the grain, you know, where everybody wanted to be goose gossage back then and throw, you know, 100 miles an hour and scare, scare everybody to death. And uh, when he got on the mound in the ninth inning and, and uh, Jonesy was uh, throwing like, uh, you know, 80, 85 to 86 miles an hour and getting people out. So and, and saving ball games and uh, just uh, he was a great guy. And um, I was shocked. I really was really shocked. Yeah, I, I think you saw uh, from from the organization, you know, Bob DiBiasio had a, a quote that he put out there. Uh, other people just the, the outpouring of sort of reaction and emotion about this uh, a lot of people uh, around the team really were were very fond of, of Doug Jones and like you said uh, back in those those late 80s teams uh, from from 86 to the early 90s there he uh, he was consistently the the guy that you could point to and say well you know they've got a they've got an all-star it's it's their closer and you know they, they might not win a lot of games but but when they do, he's one of the reasons why. Yeah, and and some and a lot of his saves those were those weren't you know ninth inning saves, Joe. Those were old school saves when he was going more than one inning, uh, you know, or two innings. Uh, so he, you know he earned them the hard way too. And uh, I just uh, he was always 
you know, Doc Edwards, who managed uh, the Indians, I think, in the late 80s, um, he always said a good closer, when he enters the game, you know, ca calms things down, you know, no matter what's going on in the ninth inning or the eighth inning. And, uh, he, uh, you know, Jones had that effect. He really, you know, he brought a sense of well-being, I think, to, uh, to uh, the defense and uh, the Indians. Uh, and, uh, you know, he usually got the job done and he kept pitching forever, Joey. This mm -hmm. is a guy that saved over 300 games. He was still pitching when he was 40 years old. So, uh, you know, he got a late start. He was kind of buried in the minors, uh, you know, with Milwaukee and the Indians. Uh, didn't really, I think he, I was researching the story yesterday of his 303 saves. He got 302 of them from when he was 30 or older. So, you know, he, wow. he wasn't a spring chicken when he got a start. Wow. That, that'd be unheard of these days. You, yeah. about, uh, think about the, you know, Cleveland's closer right now, Emmanuel Class A was what, 22, 23? Yeah, you, right. Like, that's crazy. Uh, and and the the changeup, the devastating changeup. Uh, I, I loved your uh, your quote uh, about the uh, the three different speeds that it that he had. Yeah, yeah from Doc Edwards, slow, slower, and slowest. That's, <laughs> that's just uh, a great way to to look at it. Well, uh, everyone in Cleveland will will, will finally remember uh, Doug Jones, one of the uh, 100 greatest uh, Indians players of all time. There, he he was on that that roster back in, uh, in 2001, uh, moving on <clears throat> the, the, the guardians made, uh, made some moves yesterday. It was a, a flurry of moves. We, we got to, uh, uh, see a, a couple of the guys that got designated for assignment on Friday. Uh, the club found trade partners for them. Uh, they sent JC Mejia to, um, Milwaukee, uh, where, uh, you know, he might get a chance to pitch out of the bullpen there. They sent Harold Ramirez to uh, the Cubs. Uh, really, neither of those guys uh, probably were going to sign back with the club either way. Yeah, uh, you know they when you uh, when you designate seven guys off the forty man roster, you only have you you you've got to do something with those guys, and uh, you've got set, uh, teams have seven days to either trade or put those guys on uh, outright uh, release waivers, irrevocable outright release waivers. And it, by trading these guys, you're actually doing them a favor. You know, I, you know, I don't think the return is anything great. What with Mejia, it's going to be a player or cash. And with uh, Ramirez, it's going to be cash. Um, but you give them a chance and, uh, you know, who knows, you know, if uh, the DH goes into effect, uh, the universal DH, you know, Harold's got a great chance to make that, 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 uh, Cubs club, I would think. And, right. uh, and Mejia, like you said, Joe, I mean, he, you know, he certainly was overmatched as a starter here. I, I don't think it was, you know, he probably wasn't really fair, you know, a fair situation to shove him in there after he'd only what pitch at double a or something like that, you know, with uh, the pandemic, the pandemic in 2020, but, uh, you know, he, he was, he was averaging 8.2, 8.1 strikeouts per nine innings. So he could, uh, he could fit in a bullpen and Milwaukee is a good place to go. If you're a pitcher, I mean, they, they get the most out of their guys. Yeah. And you know, Mejia, if you put him in the bullpen full time and just tell him, you know, focus on two pitches, you know, that, that could be more effective uh, for him. 
uh, most of these uh, these DFA moves and these trades, when you see the return being you know cash considerations, that's usually just to pay their salaries the, or or to cover the the portions of salaries that were were paid by the uh, the club that's getting rid of them. So you know don't don't think uh, I, I love how the the reaction on Twitter and the fans usually when they see cash considerations, uh, they start you know talking about how oh well well Dolans are cheap and this uh, it has nothing to do with that. That was all salary that was, you know, accounted for there. It's, it's got nothing to do with the club needing money. That that it's a a total, you know, misnomer when you when you think about that. The uh, Guardians also made a move to sign and bring back Sandy Leone, who uh, spent part of the uh, uh, spent the twenty twenty season with uh, yeah with the club. Uh, he'll uh, he'll be in camp uh, in, in spring training. Uh, like you said, we said yesterday, uh, there really there were only two catchers on the forty-man roster up until that point: Austin Hedges and Brian Lavastida, who just uh, you know just barely reached AAA last season. So, uh, Sandy Leone, a good a, you know good fit to bring back and and have him in the mix at catcher. Yeah, good veteran guy, uh, Joe. Joe, you and me know. I hated to watch him bat. I, I hated to watch him swing the bat. I, but you know, he can handle the pitching staff. He can he can throw to the bases. You know, he uh, you know he played last season with Miami. I think he played like eighty three games, or you know, I think around eighty games. So we know he's healthy at least. Uh, you know, he can still compete at as a catcher at the big league level. Um, but they need some protection, obviously, you know, they need some veteran presence and that doesn't mean he's going to make the club, but you, you got to, if, if there is a spring training, you're going to need at least six or seven catchers to handle the pitchers in the, in the bull you know, during the bullpen sessions. Yeah. This is probably a real good sign for Austin hedges that he's going to get the, the, the overwhelming majority of, of innings at catcher, uh, for, for the guardians next season. Uh, you don't, you certainly don't want. Sandy Leone catching more than 45 games next year. Yeah. You know, I think that's, you know, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, you know, he got, I think he obviously in 2020 in the 60 game sprint, he got a little overexposed because, you know, uh, uh, Roberto Perez was hurt. He, you know, he only played half the season. He only played about 30 games that year because of the, I think he had a back and a shoulder injury, uh, you know, so he was hurt for most of that time. Uh, yesterday, we also got a chance to sit down and chat with the uh, Guardians' new hitting coach, Chris Valeka. Uh, he's, we talked to him remotely on Zoom. He is in Columbus, where his fiance is uh, studying at the Ohio State University uh, Medical Center. She's a, a cardiac, uh, cardiac fellow down there in the, uh, you know, studying to be a heart doctor. Uh, Valeka is, uh, you know, working with players as much as he can. He talked about, you know, with the uh, the looming lockout, hopefully being able to get in a couple of sessions with with guys before then. But uh, right now, just sort of catching up to uh, the organization and learning everybody's names and faces. He he called it. Uh, he said it was like uh, drinking water from a fire hose, trying to take in yeah, all the information right. at once. Uh, so that was a uh, a neat moment. And it sounds like he's going to be a fun guy to work with, uh, at least from our perspective. Yeah. You know, uh, he's, you know, 26 or no 36. So, you know, I think the thing that impressed me, Joe, is that, you know, he's, he's, 
He's played at just about every level. You know, he's played in, you know, obviously high school, college. He's gone, worked his way up to the minors. He was, a, you know, a high draft pick by the Reds, third round pick in uh, 2006. He's, he made it to the big leagues. He played with three different teams. You know, he's gone to the Arizona Fall League. Um, he's played there. He, and now, you know, he started coaching. He's coached in, in the minors. He's coached at college. Uh, he, you know, last year he was the you know, assistant hitting coach with the big league uh, Cubs. So you got a guy that's pretty experienced, still young. You know, he, he understands the analytic side of it, the, uh, the uh, kind of biochemistry side of it. Is that what? There you go. Yeah. I, yeah. I was waiting. I was wondering if you were going to hit that on the uh, yeah. that word. But yeah, <laughs> the biochemistry he mentioned. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I like the fact that, you know, he kind of, you know, he went, when, he, when he got done playing, uh, uh, I think uh, his last year was 2015 with the Cubs at AAA. He went back to school, coached at UC Santa Barbara, coached, helped coach uh, uh, Shane Bieber, right? I think. Right. And um, then he went to uh, uh, Spartan Science, a place in California to study body movements of hitters and work on force plates. And I wonder if that, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm anxious to see if there's a transition there that would help, help uh, the Guardians uh, hitters. Yeah, so we'll walk into the clubhouse and see him like with some video game contraption and, and Jose Ramirez will be sitting there like it's Mario, Mario Kart, right? That, that's what we're <laughs> expecting. No, uh, it, was, it was funny. Uh, he did mention uh, that season that he spent at UC Santa Barbara. Uh, he coached Shane Bieber and Kyle Nelson. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious to find out if he's got any uh, stories from the bus about uh, about Bieber or Nelson or just, you know, what they were like in college. Uh, I'm, I'm sure knowing Shane Bieber, probably not the uh, the craziest of stories, but who knows? Maybe we'll, we'll get something out of uh, uh, Chris Valleca that way. Just uh, looking forward to, to seeing what he can do with this Guardians offense, uh, taking it in, in, in a new direction after it struggled so mightily uh, the last couple of seasons under Tyve Berkeley. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the thing I'm, I'm anxious to see, Joe, is how do they build a hitting group now? You know, you've got Victor Rodriguez, you've got Justin Tooley, um, you know, as the assistant hitting coaches. But where, how, how much deeper does it go, you know, uh, into the minors, into the front office? And how, do, how does, uh, you know, uh, Chris – bring all that together you know that's I guess he's the head guy right now so uh you know he's leading the team and uh can they equal what they've uh, found what the formula they found for developing pitchers all right let's get into our uh our player of the day on our 40-man roster breakdown it's Josh Naylor uh Josh Naylor we we really only got to see uh not the full season out of him uh only what, 69 games that he played in before he suffered that terrible injury out in uh, Minnesota where he, he broke his leg and he was lost for the season or for, for the remainder of the season. Uh, every report we've gotten so far from uh, Chris Antonetti is, is good progress out of him. He continues to, to come along and is, is doing, uh, you know, weight-bearing movements. I don't know if he's into any sort of baseball activity or anything like that, but uh, right now, Josh Naylor is trending towards possibly, you know, at least being there at spring training. Who knows if he'll be a full participant or not? Uh, what 
what do we see out of Josh Naylor that sort of gives us hope that when he does come back, if he does come back at, at full strength, that uh, the Guardians have something there in terms of uh, a guy that can, can fill a spot in the outfield? Yeah, you know, Joe, I think uh, what we saw was a guy that was getting better, you know, when he, and until he got hurt, had that collision on June 27th with Ernie Clement in right field at Target Field. Um, uh, he, uh, to me, he, you know, he, he finished, he finished up hitting 253, 13 doubles, seven homers, 21 RBIs in, in 69 games, as you said, um, I, you know, he, and he was basically playing pretty much every day. So he's playing, you know, against righties and lefties. He, you know, he's, he had, a, he struggled against lefties, but, you know, against righties, he was hitting 287 with six six of his seven home runs, 16 RBIs, and uh, you know I just you know to me what when you look at him he, he was hitting 250 in April, 260 in May, 246 in June when he got hurt, so you know the trend was pretty consistent there, and uh, you know I know he was he was a little raw he was raw in right field. There's no there's no other way of putting that. Uh, you know, because he had come up most of the time as a first baseman. Uh, but, you know, I, I liked the way he was developing. I thought the Indians recognized they had a player there, perhaps an everyday player. They gave him a chance, and, you know, the injury is just unfortunate. Yeah, if the injury hadn't happened, he probably would have played pretty much every day in right field through the end of the season. Uh, you you got, the, got the feeling that they were just sort of committed to seeing what they had in him uh, in that way. Uh, he did do some positive. He, he was one of their better hitters from the seventh inning on in that, in those first three months of the season, he won games with home runs, uh, hit, had delivered big hits late in games. Uh, and you know, that, that little clutch gene is sort of something that you, you can't really teach, but when you've got it, uh, it goes a long way. Uh, he was really raw in the outfield. We saw him butcher some plays in right field. Uh, we also saw him when he, he, he get innings at first base, uh, you know, cost the team games. I cost the team a game against Cincinnati with an error at first base. Uh, and, and, you know, a, a lot was made about it and a lot was said. Uh, the one thing that uh, I, I kind of respected and liked about Josh Naylor last season, uh, he never backed down when he made a mistake. He, he'd jump on the zoom and talk about it uh, with the reporters and, you know, he loved talking to you on the Zoom, <laughs> the Zoom meetings. <laughs> but uh, that, that was one of his favorite things was uh, to, to call out Paul every time he jumped on uh, the Zoom meeting. But, uh, you know, he was just such a, a likable, you know, positive, energetic force on that team. And you could tell that the, when he wasn't there uh, towards the end of the year that it was, it was different around the, around the team. Yeah, definitely. Great personality. Uh, and I, I love what you said there, Joe. Um, you know, he never backed down from a mistake, never hid from a mistake. And that's, you know, that's easy to do on Zoom. But with, with the way with, without, you know, writers uh, going into the clubhouse for the last two years. But he was always uh, out front, always owned it. And, uh, and he had that enthusiasm, you know, that, that, was, that was infectious, I think. And, and he played so hard, you know, he almost played too hard at, at, at times, you know, the, he had, he looked like he had, you know, he grew up playing hockey. Those, you know, the, uh, 
the Nailers are hockey. They grew up playing hockey in Canada. And, and you always got the picture of him. He was like a wing going into the corner after a puck half the time. And, uh, and you know, sometimes I think he's got to rein it in. Hopefully, you know, we, we can, he's, he's able to come back and uh, maybe, you know, just kind of rein it in a little bit and, and just yeah. play a little more cautious. It's a, it's a double-edged sword because you want him to, to play a little more cautious to preserve himself, but you also don't want to take away that thing that makes him, you know, a, a unique player and a, you know, such a positive play. I mean, Josh Naylor rounding third and, and coming home uh, on a play that's, it's, it's fun to watch. It, it really is. Uh, as long as he gets up and walks away from, from the play, I, I think it's a, a really neat thing. I, I just, like you said, he, he plays so all out and, and so, uh, you know, there's there's a thing about playing the game the right way, and that's that's definitely something that he's trying to do. Uh, it's just sort of knowing yourself and knowing your your sort of limits. I think uh, he was he was just figuring that out uh, when when the injury happened. So we'll uh, we'll see if if that's able to do. What would uh, what would a good 2022 look like for Josh Naylor? Are we talking finding a way to make it back to the big leagues, or is it you know, a, a matter of just maybe suffering through an entire season at AAA to, to make sure that you, you're, you know, you are who you are. Yeah, I, I think, first of all, you know, a big accomplishment would be him, for him to get back on the field and play in, 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 in games, whether they're, they're in rehab games or in, in the minors or, you know, in, in the big leagues. You know, I, you know I, I, I was listening to what Antonetti said uh, when, you know, we talked to him about uh, Naylor, uh, you know, on, on Saturday. And uh, he said, you know, they sent, the, they sent James Quinlan, their trainer, out to uh, Arizona to check on, check on him. The, uh, like you said, Joe, the reports were good. He has weight-bearing activities. You know, he should be capable of baseball activities when, when spring training opens. But when will he be ready to play? And that, that's the first time we've heard that from Antonetti and that, you know, I, I've got to think Joe that he's going to be behind a little bit, you know, when camp opens. And I think it's a long shot for him to be ready for opening day. And I just hope he gets, you know, he uses this time to, uh, to rehab and that, that injury, that awful injury allows him to get back on the field at some time in, in, in 2022. Yeah. I, with, uh, and, and, and who knows, with the potential of a lockout and all that, we don't even want to think about any of that uh, delaying it. But if they start on the same timetable as they did this, this past year, you know, the, the minor league campers didn't even get to spring training until after the major leaguers left. So, you know, maybe there's a, a scenario where Josh Naylor goes through major league spring training with, uh, with Cleveland and then stays in Arizona and, does minor league spring training with them and, and continues to get work in and then maybe starts the season in Columbus. If, if he's able to even do that. Uh, but don't expect to see Josh Naylor uh, on opening day. I don't think that's a, a, a realistic timetable uh, for, for anybody. Uh, but you know, the possibility that he's able to contribute in some way uh, I think is, is, is there, you know, maybe later on in the season, if, you know, things go extremely well. All right, uh, Paul. It was uh, uh, good to get there. We had that was that was a, a pretty news heavy day right there. Uh, 
a lot, lot to lot to talk about on Monday or from Monday uh, here uh, on today's podcast. Uh, we'll look forward to chatting again uh, tomorrow here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe. 